Designers Podcast, where we discuss topics in physical medicine, rehabilitation, pain management, traumatic brain injury, and sports medicine all in one. We focus on delivering the best, unbiased information to our audience. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramshandani. We know how important your health is to you, and we're here to give you the best information right here and right now. Welcome to podcast number 30. I'm so excited. Today, we are doing our 30th podcast. I started this podcast thinking that I didn't know if this was going to last one episode or more, but I'm so excited about this next episode. We're going to talk about low back pain a little bit more today. As I discussed in the first episode about low back pain, we're going to talk a little bit more about treatment and specific targets of low back pain. So specifically today, we're going to talk about low back pain and axial low back pain. This is the most common type of low back pain, which axial low back pain, let me go back a second here. Axial means the low back and it doesn't radiate anywhere for the most part. So most of the pain is in the low back and it doesn't go to the legs it doesn't travel to the feet it's not a sciatica it's just what we call axial low back pain if you haven't heard episode 29 i'd request that you go back and hear episode 29 before listening to this episode as i'm going to go into a little bit more detail about axial low back pain so first of all what can cause axial low back pain and this can be caused and mostly is caused by what we call facets in the low back. Now, if you don't remember from episode 29, the facets are the joints in between the vertebrae in the low back. These also occur in the neck and what we call the thoracic or mid-back. And you can have pain in any part of that, but most commonly, facet pain occurs in the low back and secondly, the neck. Facet pain is a type of arthritis, So if someone has arthritis, which actually starts happening at a very, very young age. So facet pain is extremely common, can start happening at a very young age, and can be quite debilitating. Most people are treated with facet pain by doing simple things like exercising and keeping strong. Also taking some medicines like Tylenol or acetaminophen or ibuprofen or Motrin can help people with facet pain. Now there are other medicines as well, which I will not get into specifically in this podcast, but there are other medicines that can help with facet pain. Now other things that we can do for facet pain include things like doing injections. Many pain management physicians as well as I treat patients with simple injections in order to treat their facet pain. These are usually done under x-ray guidance and sometimes are done under ultrasound guidance. And the way we do these is we actually inject directly into the facets. This is one way to treat facet pain and can last anywhere from six months to six weeks or less, depending on how bad the joint is. The other way to treat facet pain is what we call a rhizotomy or radiofrequency ablation. Now, before we do a radiofrequency ablation, oftentimes we do what's called a medial branch block. And what this is, is a targeted injection into the medial branch that comes from the low back So the low back has the vertebrae. Inside the vertebrae are the nerves. The nerves come out of there. One of the nerves is called the medial branch. This is the branch to the facet joint. So we block that joint by blocking the medial branch. And 
After we get good results with the medial branch block, we actually can do what's called a rhizotomy or radiofrequency ablation. And this takes a needle and we actually heat up the edge of the needle and it burns the nerve there. So it doesn't technically completely destroy the nerve, otherwise we would have a lot more damage and potentially pain, but we actually just change the way the nerve is functioning so that it doesn't get pain from that joint. As I said again, facet pain is quite common and going all the way to the radiofrequency ablation is not as common as just trying to treat this with physical therapy, exercise, and just staying active and doing the right thing. There are other causes of axial back pain. And the important thing to remember is that axial back pain is not just facet pain, can be caused by spinal stenosis, which causes the compression of nerves in the low back. And spinal stenosis is actually where the spine, the area where the nerves come down, have been compressed by either the discs or arthritis or even the facets can cause compression of those nerves. And because there's compression on those nerves, there's less blood flow to those nerves. And this causes axial low back pain. Now with specifically with spinal stenosis, it is more commonly seen in more elderly people. And what happens with these patients is oftentimes they will have pain when they stand up and walk. And when they sit down, the pain pretty much goes away. This is unlike facet pain where if someone's standing, walking, sitting, the pain is about the same. And oftentimes with facet pain, when people are walking, the pain actually does get better because they're moving themselves around. And moving around actually helps arthritic types of pain. So how do you treat central canal stenosis or what as we call spinal stenosis? This is a little bit harder to treat than facet pain in the sense that central canal stenosis is not treated very easily with injections. We do get some benefit with some injections, but they usually last a very short amount of time. So if we get a short amount of relief and someone's going on vacation, fine, we can do that type of injection. But if someone has central canal stenosis and we try to do an epidural injection, which is a type of injection that helps with central canal stenosis, oftentimes they will get less than two weeks worth of pain relief. Sometimes though, patients do get longer relief and this is not commonly seen, but can still help patients with central canal stenosis. Patients can also have pain in their disc, actually in the center of the disc, although this area is not as commonly treated, but patients can have pain coming from the disc. Again, these aren't treated very easily, but can be treated as well with medial branch blocks and other injection techniques. Both with disc injuries or disc pain and spinal stenosis, oftentimes surgery may be the best option for patients with these types of pain. And surgery can be as simple as doing a laminectomy where some of the lamina from the back of the spine is removed and this causes more space in the low back or as complicated as a fusion where there is actual metal going into the back to treat that back pain. Oftentimes as well we have other techniques to help with axial back pain and spinal stenosis where we can do what's called vertebral augmentation where we actually can put in a spacer in between the vertebrae to help 
increase the space between the two vertebrae and help patients with their low back pain and actually open up that space. The other way to do it is what's called a mild procedure where we actually can take out a part of the ligament in the low back to increase the space there where someone has spinal stenosis. Again, these treatments are not as commonly done but can be done and can be quite successful avoiding major surgery. So finally, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about axial low back pain and compression fractures. And this can be very devastating for patients with axial low back pain. And that's when they develop a fracture in the low back. Compression fractures can be what are called pathological compression fractures, which can come from cancer. And so these are important to get treated and looked at by a physician. So if you have low back pain and you haven't seen your physician, I advise you to go see your physician to see if they can get an x-ray or some sort of treatment or at least look at you and see what's going on so that you have an idea if this axial low back pain is a major issue or is a small issue or what you need to do about it. So don't avoid seeing the physician for something as simple, which you know may or may not be simple in the long term, but may seem simple to you as low back pain. So again, compression fractures can be devastating for patients. This is where patients either fall or have some sort of trauma by a car accident and develop a spinal fracture where the fracture doesn't happen like a common fracture. If you think of a arm fracture or a big bone fracture where the bone actually cracks in two, a compression fracture isn't like that. A compression fracture in the spine actually is what it says, a compression fracture. So it compresses that bone. And when you see patients as they get older, they sometimes have a forward flexion or they, they kind of look like they're hunched over. And this can be because they have these compression fractures in the back. And these are commonly treated with what we call vertebroplasties or kyphoplasties. This is where we actually put some cement into the spine to stabilize that fracture. This isn't a 100% procedure where someone gets a fracture like this, we put in the cement and bada bing bada boom, we send them home and they're 100%. No, it's not always like that. Sometimes it does happen like that, but sometimes patients do have side effects from this and sometimes it's not even a good thing to put in the cement because the patient has so many fractures or is so what we call osteoporotic or doesn't have very good bone density. And this is why it's important to go see your physician if you do develop low back pain because if you have a compression fracture and you have low bone density, you need to be treated and treated either with vitamin D or other medications for this low bone density. There are other times where someone can have low back pain that is caused by cancer. And again, getting an x-ray, MRI, CT scan, something of the low back may give you a better idea of whether this is caused by cancer or just your regular axial low back pain caused by your facet or spinal stenosis. So again, don't avoid getting this treated, especially during COVID. I know people are thinking, oh, I don't want to leave the house. Or if they are leaving the house, they don't want to go to the doctor's office or don't want to go to a place with a lot of people in it. I totally get it. But get your back pain treated because if it's an easy treatment, it may avoid long-term harm. More for low back pain next week. And now for our good news of the week. So in a little 
non-medical good news of the week. I said, why not? Let's talk a little bit about baseball and baseball cards and fires, which are all things that I'm always interested in. We had recently the glass fire that came through our town and uh, burnt a house down the street. To me, we had a lot of ash in our yard and still see ash everywhere every once in a while. It's uh, not a pleasant thing to go through a fire. Many people have lost many things during these fires, and a young woman in Central California lost all her baseball cards during the recent Creek Fire. And she was having a Zoom interview with Larry Beal on ABC7 News, and suddenly Buster Posey shows up to surprise her during this interview. And Buster Posey is a 2012 Most Valuable Player in Baseball and a Giants catcher that opted out this last season because of coronavirus, and he has twin children that were that he adopted, he and his wife. And because he adopted these young twin kids, he decided to opt out of the season. So this child was totally flabbergasted by Buster Posey and surprised by him, and he supplied the nine-year-old with his own rookie card that was signed, as well as a whole bunch of other baseball cards. Also, the neighborhood pitched in and bought Reese a bunch of her old baseball cards or replacements for them. And even though she lost a bunch of baseball cards, she was surprised with a bunch of new baseball cards. So that's the good news of the week. And thank you again for listening to the Physiatry Podcast number 30. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramchandani. Please send me a message at info at painlessnx.com. You can also tweet me at Physiatry Show or send me a message on Facebook. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week. I hope to see you next week. Thank you.